Hello, hello, Aisha Grove here, the host of the Encouraged Overcomer podcast. I just want to say welcome. I'm so glad that you showed up today. You are here and ready for this discussion, and I'm excited for you to walk away encouraged. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Encourage Overcomer podcast. I'm your host, Aisha Grove, and we are taking our masks off today, my friends. Okay, so all of my perfectionist friends out there, I see you. I know what you're up to. I am a recovering perfectionist, and this is constantly something that I'm working on. And so we are unmasking our perfectionism, and we are embracing our authenticity. I don't know what it was about it, but earlier I was having a hard time saying authenticity. Like I couldn't get the word out. I was like authenticity. And <laughs> I was getting a little nervous about that, consider it the perfectionist in me. And I was like, I don't know if I should record this, but I'm here. I'm present. I'm glad you're here with me. And let's get ready to dive right in. This issue of perfectionism started for me at a very young age. And when we think about perfectionism, it's the pursuit of flawlessness and setting impossibly high standards. And so for me, that was like, in everything I did, I wanted to do things right. But then when I would like mess up, I would mess up horribly. Because when you're constantly trying to have that wall up and trying to only show the good side of you, people tend to see your flaws even more. Now, some of you may know this, some of you know me on a personal level, you may know that I love to sing. I actually come from a family that when we grew up, we would have singing contests and we would have a lot of fun with it. And I just saw myself as a performer. I would sit in the basement because that's where my room was growing up in one of the houses that I lived in. And I would play CDs (laughs) and listen to the CDs and memorize the words and try to sing like that singer. And I'm talking about singers like Mariah Carey. Whitney Houston, that whole thing. Like, I was just like, I want to sound like them. I would picture myself on stages and singing like them. And I was all about it. I just really wanted to be that person. I really wanted to explore that. And I even wrote my own songs. And to this day, there's a song that I wrote um, a very long time ago. And it just came to mind like that. Like, I still remember the words. <laughs> um, But and it was a song that I wrote to my when I was going through a hard time and I was a little kid like I don't even know how I thought of that and I'm getting a little bit emotional about this because I did not expect this to come up talking to you right now this is definitely unscripted other than a few like keynotes that I have but yeah I wrote a song and it talks about everything is gonna be all right it talks about there will be pain but then there will be sunshine after the rain and like I am trying to say the words without singing it because (laughs) I tend to do that a lot on this podcast (laughs) and so I am just like leaving it be right now but that just came to mind right now. And so if you're like watching the video of the podcast episode, then you can see that I had to take a step back a little bit. But I am just recalling the things that I did as a child that I'm realizing now had an impact on who I am today. So I loved to sing. And in school, they had a competition. 
a singing contest like and it was just to go in front of our music teacher Mr. Screen was his name he was our music teacher and there was not a contest I shouldn't say contest it was a tryout so we had a school tryout where we could sing in front of him and then he would choose one of us the upperclassmen this was like K through 8th grade so I'm I'm guessing 7th and 8th graders might have been a part of this we would go in front of him and sing a song and we got to pick which song we sang and from the ones who tried out he would pick one person to represent our school to be a part of the Chicago All City Choir for kids I was like that is such a huge opportunity and I really wanted to do it and so I did and I can't even remember the song that I sang at this point um there was a few go-tos that I sang for different things one was Angel of Mine by Monica of course you may not know that if you don't listen to that old like R&B music type of thing. And the other one was Christina Aguilera's I Turn to You. And the last one was Monica's I Will Cross the Ocean for You from the Space Jam movie. <laughs> so I sang one of those songs and I started crying after I finished singing because I was so nervous. I was shaking and I just felt exposed. I felt like, oh my gosh, everything's just out there. And there were parts where I realized in my own mind that I noticed I messed up. I did not hit that note like I wanted to. And there were some places I improv. I think I remembered all the words, which was good. (laughs) But I was feeling anxiety about that moment. Really intense anxiety. And I was rejecting myself and my own efforts. And my class classmates you know how it is when you try out for something they ask you like how'd it go what happened how did you feel did he say anything good and you know they're trying to search to see if he said something positive or something different to you than you know he said to them or whatever it is and I was just like yeah that didn't go over so well that was a thing that I did repeatedly throughout my childhood into my adulthood I wouldn't give myself props for things because I didn't think that what I did was enough or that I was worth it. So I constantly put myself down and I did it sometimes to just fit in. Have you ever done that where it's like somebody compliments you, they're like, oh, nice dress or nice outfit. And you're like, yeah, well, it's really cheap. I only paid like $2. Or, you know, they try to tell you that you did a good job on something. You're like, no, no, I really didn't. And you're not able to take a compliment. I guess that's where a lot of my perfectionism came through while I was growing up. The interesting thing was that after the tryouts, they announced my name as going on to try out. Now, just because we made it in the trials or I made it in the trials at the school didn't mean that I automatically made it to the Chicago All City Choir. I still had to go to Whitney Young High School and try out there as well. But I made it to go to the tryouts for the Chicago All City Choir. My stomach was in knots when I went home because I told my mom like, oh my goodness, I tried out for this thing and I made it. The first thing was just like, oh gosh, like what? Do I have to buy a uniform? What is this? Where do I have to go? How far away is this? But we made it happen. And she drove me to Whitney Young High School. Again, I sang one of the songs that I mentioned to you earlier. And then something happened 
in the trial that threw me for a loop. The choir director told me, okay, now I want you to sing America the Beautiful in like an operatic sound. Like I want you to sound like you are singing in the opera and I want you to really emphasize the word. And that made me really nervous. I did what he asked and to be honest, I felt horrible. And that whole pit of the stomach feeling was just intense. I think my lip was shaking at that moment. My hands were really sweaty. I finished and I started crying again, y'all. Like I was in tears. Oh, overwhelmed and I was like all I could think of was that I really messed that up and so he was just like hey it's okay you know it's it's good it's it's okay you, you did good you did good I walked out of there and I was like wow and this is with hundreds of kids auditioning and I just was like wow and then they called a week later telling me because they were going to call us either way whether you made it or not but he called me about a week later or more I don't remember the time frame I'm just speaking at this point but he called I got on the phone I was like hello and he's like is this Aisha Grove and I was like yes and he's so I'm with the All City Choir and I have some results that I need to talk to you about and I was like okay and I'm like a seventh or eighth grader y'all and he was like I want to congratulate you because you've made it to the Chicago All City Choir I was so excited I was just like yes boom like mic drop <laughs> and I was like wow I did it and long story short I did end up representing the all city all city choir and I went to the practices but then when it came time to pay for uniforms and then we had to include the travel in there. We just didn't have the money to continue forward. And so I didn't get to continue on um, further into the All City Choir. And back then a lot of me was just very resentful because I was like, again, this is the perfectionism in me talking. I was just like, man, I could have been doing something within that realm. And I never got the opportunity to really like work on enhancing and working on my voice and my technique. and getting into that world and why didn't we have the money and why couldn't I do it and it was just like another thing inside of me feeling like I failed even though it was like outside of my control at the time I still felt like a failure and it affected me growing up like in high school there would be like singing groups formed and competitions and things like that where I could not control the anxiety within me when I would get in front of people and sing it was real I mean again I just I had it bad. <laughs> and I know this this comes through in different different ways for different people. And so wherever you are, you may feel it in a way that's not related to your creative side or your artistry, but maybe it's the way that you work. <laughs> Maybe you're the person who works around the clock. You're not a nine to five person. You're going to stay until 9 p.m. at night. You're going to work harder than anybody that you know. <laughs> and so, and the crazy thing was like, I didn't deal with that. I kind of just let it be. And I was like, okay, and move on. But I knew that it personally affected me and emotionally it affected me. And so even though I thought that I moved on from it, it still came back later on in life in different ways. <laughs> I thought it was just a part of like who I was. I'm like, this is my personality. Like, oh, well, I started working for a daycare when I was in college. And one of the interview questions was like, what is your weakness? And I said, I can be a bit of a perfectionist. I don't like messes. And I don't know how I would be with small children as far as them leaving messes. I feel like I would constantly be running behind them, cleaning up behind them 
them wiping their nose and all that good stuff and breaking my back because I'm always like trying to pick everything up and clean. And sure enough, that was definitely true. <laughs> I was one of the teachers that was constantly like trying to make sure everything was clean. And I just was very structured. I was known for structure. <laughs> okay. And so um, I think the thing that kind of changed the perfectionist in me was becoming a parent. <laughs> Having a baby of my own that I love so much with the cutest little face ever. My boo-boo. That's what I call her. And just looking at her and just thinking, even if she's messing up, she can never mess up to me. I didn't think I could possibly have that much love for someone else, for a child, for this little person. And I started to realize that it didn't have to always be perfect. I didn't have to always have the answers or have everything in my control. And I wanted to be her protector. I wanted to be there for her. And I wanted her to know, mostly, that it's okay to mess up. And so I had to learn to give myself grace in that area. Later on, when I advanced into like an admin role, I still had those tendencies where I was like, I just need to do this myself. I felt like it was me, myself and I and I would stay late to get things done. And I just was telling myself, oh, by the time I tell someone else how to do this, I could have done have it done. And so even though I had assistants helping me, I would just be like, oh, I got this. And I was like giving them reasons to just be like lazy and oh, it's okay. I usually take care of it kind of thing. And so, you know, it was one of those things. Later on, I moved to North Carolina and again, was in this working like, after school role as a site director had people working on my team and then got promoted and became the director. And so then I had a larger team of people. And as you grow within like teams, groups within work, you cannot live your life being a perfectionist like this because it will just come back to haunt you. You will burn yourself out. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was like, I got this. I'm going to do this. When I was promoted, there was no one to actually train me in my role aside from like my predecessor asking her like, hey, can you show me this system and things? And like, it was limited help because she was into her other role and doing other things. There was a lot going on. So I was like, had the weight of the world on my shoulders. I tended to just take things so personally. Like if I messed up, it's all on me. I'm the one who has to answer for this. This is on me. This is my problem. And like, I was very hard on myself, y'all. I did not give myself a break. I was not only hard on myself in work, but I was working in the ministry at the same time. I was a Sunday school teacher. I was over a, a kids club. I was working with the teenagers. I don't know if I said this, but I was in the nursery. I was in a choir. I was in a, a quartet, a woman's quartet singing group. I was door knocking on the weekends, going to three church services a week, being a part of all the other activities going on. And there were times it got so bad that I like pushed myself so hard that I would tell myself I was sick because mentally I was exhausted and I'd be like yeah I'm not feeling well I can't go to church today and really it was like I was just done and I had hit my breaking point and it came to the point where someone was telling me like You've got to work on delegating. You've got to trust people. That was another issue that I had with being a perfectionist. It was hard for me to trust people. And so I was like, okay, I... I have to do this. I have to trust people. I have to train them the best that I can and create like an army 
of people who know exactly what I'm looking for. Be clear, be assertive, but give them the power to take responsibility. And it was a wake up call for me because I was like, oh boy, (laughs) Um, I would delegate something to someone and I would just be cringing on the inside because they were not doing it the way that I would have or they may not have completely understood how I wanted it done and then I would beat myself up for that as well and it was just this thing that had to stretch me and help me to grow and so by the end of it um so at the beginning it was just like Aisha you got so much to prove and people were like wow Aisha just she has it together and it's hard for me to go to her like they didn't know if they could trust me even though if they got to know me they would be like oh wow she's super down to earth she's funny she likes people she likes what she does but I was just like so intense like I was like (laughs) it's just like the hawk (laughs) i was like we're gonna crush this and i was like always like just like i'm 20 and so it was hard for them but then when i finally someone talked to me and was like hey you need to work on this i was like okay and i was intentional and i was like you know what i'm here for them i'm gonna support them but i'm also gonna trust them and i have exactly who i'm supposed to have on my team and they're capable people and they can do this and we can do this together and so by the end of it like when I was leaving resigning that from that position um it was like one of those days where like you're leaving it's your last day and you're just in tears and you care about the people that you're working with you don't want to go because you see them as a family as a unit and that's how I saw my team they were my family and y'all probably think I'm just a crybaby right (laughs) (laughs) I promise I'm not, but just about three weeks ago, recently, um, one of my former employees, still, still working at that same place that I had left about a year and a half, close to two years now, she called me and was just like, I just want to say thank you. I know you're not here anymore. At first she texted me and then I called her, but she said, um, I just want to say thank you. I know you're not here anymore, but you really were a part of the team and you were somebody that we could trust. And thank you for being there for us and caring about us. And there's several people that no longer work with me, but will send me these heartfelt messages about our time together. And so that is the result of learning to let go of the control and give the people in your life the ability to grow and to succeed and trust them and empower them to take on just more than they ever thought that they were capable of and crush it. And so once I realized that I needed help, like I couldn't do that role on my own because I mean, I had like, you think about childcare, you think about summer camp, after school, child watch, all other events that had to do with children and families. And that dynamic could not happen with just one person. And even the person who was my right hand I had to realize that I had to trust her and she was completely capable and I loved her like we were just like two peas in a pod (laughs) but even she told me like hey stop like what are you doing why are you still here and like there was times where it was like I need to finish this I need to do this and she was like well if you're still here I'm still here we're here together (laughs) okay like I am not leaving you and we got it done and we were strengthened our relationship was just like wow it was more than just a work 
work relationship. We became best friends. To this day, she's my best friend. One of my best friends. I have many best friends. So if you're listening to this, you're like, she did not say that somebody else was her best friend. I know that wasn't me. Like, hold on. I have a lot of best friends. Um, But she's one of my closest friends because we went through the fire together and we both gave each other the trust that we deserved. And we realized that there are people out there you can trust that you don't have to do it alone. So if you are a perfectionist, that can stem from not having trust for other people. It can stem from you constantly feel like, feeling like you're not enough and having to portray that or having to show that you can do something. It can come from so many different things. It can come from rejection, past rejection. You want to keep up this wall because you're not sure how people will receive you or if they will continue to stay in your life. Um, but I was able to let my guard down. And when I did, I wasn't just the boss, Aisha, I'm over somebody or over something. It was a family. It's a team. And we're all there for each other. We're not backstabbing each other. We're just there to support. I'm there to help them grow. They're helping me grow. And it's just a great feeling. And so, you know, when you are authentically being yourself, you're being vulnerable. You're putting down those walls. You are realizing that you can be open and genuine and you can expose your emotions and share how you feel with people and share your life with people. And it brings on deeper connection and personal growth and increased empathy for others and realizing that, you know, you can be there for them in tough situations. And so that's what it is. It's just, I just want to encourage you. I have nothing else to do but just encourage you today to let down your guard to say to someone hey I need help like I need a helping hand with this it's okay and to let people in and I know that there's this this thing where it's like I don't know if I can trust this person and you know you you still have to like guard your heart in certain ways and certain levels um but when people show you and you show them that you're trustworthy and they're trustworthy then lean into that and put yourself out there it's okay even if someone you've had a past like for me relationships that didn't work out it's like <laughs> But you know what? I'm still opening up my heart to love again. And it's the greatest feeling in the world when you get to do that. So um, take your mask off <laughs> today <laughs> and just go give someone a hug, share your love with them and let them see the deeper part of you because that's the way God meant for it to be. And we as people, we tend to mess that up with just the things that we have going on in our life. Thank you so much for listening to the story and being on here with me. I hope you have a wonderful day and above all else, stay encouraged. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If this was valuable to you, please be sure to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button so that you are notified when the next episode launches. And also be sure to share this with someone you love. If you are looking for more resources on how to stay encouraged, please click the link in the description and I'll be happy to serve you. I'm looking forward to the next time. Stay encouraged. Thank you.